We are continuing in our series on Hilchot Tzedakah Umaasir. We are in sheer number six, which is the calculations of how to properly calculate our Maaser. And we have a little bit of catch up from last week that we have to uh, that we have to do before we go into this week. We are in page number twenty-two, where we left off with the uh, with with the psak of Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, and there Rabbi Moshe Feinstein was discussing how to calculate. I mean, we said last time from 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 uh, the poskim that. Uh, the buyer of a commercial property cannot deduct mortgage payments from a business expense because that's part of management of the business that he's doing. He's he's uh, because he's thereby acquiring the property for himself. But he but then they say that it could be that the interest payment that he's paying. In other words, if he's buying a property for a million dollars, so. He's taking money and he's he's gaining this property. So when he's paying to it, he's really gaining the property. So that could be as part of the maaser. But the interest is just a risk in the property that he's paying. That he doesn't have to deduct. That's an important point. And... Right, right, right. You should get a better mortgage broker. Ten thousand dollars is a lot. Yeah. Okay. He's talking about interest a year ago. Just a year ago, or the cash advance business. No, it's the other way around. Seven thousand is the interest. Three thousand is the principal. Now, if money that's invested gain. And we also said from Rav Vazder that if money that's invested gains value, you're not obligated to separate maser until you actually pull out the money. So you have a property that appreciated. So you don't have to go, it's in the building right now. When you sell the building and you gain and you take the dividends. That, so I, I said there's some people, they're always like rolling the money somewhere else. They're, gonna, they're never going to see the cash. They go through their whole life. Without giving, just like they don't pay taxes their whole life, they're also not going to pay a maaser. That is, yeah, that is a little bit too much. I think, I think some posts can deal with that issue. Let's say somebody's always going to be rolling over money, so he's not going to be, no, he's never going to give. You don't have money. to roll that money. That's the thing. Meaning, the money, the reason, the, the, like, if you you could have it paid from uh, directly from escrow, and it's it's not taxable. Right. The ten so ten thirty one we called it. Right. You don't need to roll it, right? Because in other words. If you have, like, if you made uh, five hundred thousand dollars, uh, let's say the profit is two fifty, so the master you will owe is twenty five thousand dollars, right? So, but it's possible that if you take this twenty five, if you take the twenty five thousand dollars out, now the twenty five thousand dollars becomes fully taxable. Right? No, I understand. That's a ten thirty one. But I'm asking like this: Could it be then somebody his whole life? This is a question I think we should speak no, to Kushner about was was dealing with that his whole life a person is 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 rolling from one property to the next and he lives on a hundred thousand dollars. Meanwhile, he has twenty million dollars in buildings. He never gives maaser. Then doesn't doesn't make sense. He's going to get on yeah on the monthly collection. Let's say he always is going on a bigger property and it's always paying off the building and he's always paying off interest. But he's living off something. You did realize again. Your net worth went up. No, he's, he has his $100,000 he's living off. So a guy, that's, that's what's happening. A guy who has $20 million in his portfolio is only giving $10,000 years of tzedakah. It sounds funny. Until he sells something. What? Until he sells it. It's not so much. He's his whole life until. You know that there was once a person that I had to deal with that he was he was ninety five years old. He had one foot in the grave. He refused to sell the Kolala building that we would pay for money because he can't let go of the building. 
The guy, tomorrow he's going to be in Shabbat. I said, listen, at least you have people learning in his body. You're not giving it to us for free. We're paying for it. Market value. No, no, no. Some people, they can't let go of it. So that means that guy, a whole life, is going to have that. Doesn't make sense. But let, let, could I write this in this question? Anybody has a pen? There's always pens, except when you need them. You gain. Where is that profit? You you gain that profit. Where is it going? In another house? That, that's profit. I think then you're able to give maser. Listen, it's a zechut to give maser. You're able. I think so. They called them from Morocco, from the caver of Rav David Abu Khatseris. Is your site? Says your, oh, they're on the way. It's a your site tonight. Oh, he went there. <laughs> they're making the tour. There's people from LA actually going there now for like 26 hours. No, no, no. So. Okay. So, uh, also, when you assess a rise. In um, in property value, so you're also allowed to calculate the rate of inflation against the common goods and only give maaser. That Moshe Feinstein also says uh, you're able to do. And what happens when you get a gift from someone? This is actually important. Uh, I have two questions. Let's say somebody. Let's say I am supporting somebody. And I'm giving him money to support himself because he doesn't have money to live. Does he take maaser off that? That's question number one. And question number two, let's say you receive a gift. Do you take maaser? So Rav Chaim Kanievsky, as we know, has a sefer on Hilchot Maaser. Look at page 23 in the, in the previous editions. Of, uh, you know, there's a lot of page 23s over here. Before you share the answer... Is this grandfathered in like anything mistakes you've made in the past were grandfathered in or do we have to go back? What you can do... No, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm serious. Opportunities, my friend. It's opportunities. No, what you can do is like this. First of all, if you want to, you can write down eventually when I'm able to, I'd like to pay that off. But you could say, I don't know if you ever accepted upon yourself the mitzvah of ma'aser. Uh, ma'aser. Maybe you could rely on the postkim that say that it's a mitzvah, but it's not an obligation to the way that from now on I'm taking it upon myself because I want to become wealthier. That's a, by, that was, by the way, if everybody noticed, this week's parasha. It's a concept from Yaakov Avinu, not even from Moshe Rabbeinu. Three days. Is that the first, is this the first? No, you're right. It's not Lishma. Ma'aser is like a very funny thing. He's saying it's not Lishma. That's tzedakah. Here it's not a Lishma. It's, it's kind of like... It's a game you play with Hashem of Bitachon. It's a game of Bitachon you're playing with Hashem. It's a game of Bitachon. You're saying, I'm going to give Maser so I get richer. It's not a problem. Usually it's not, you're not supposed to do that because you're not supposed to serve Hashem for rewards. Maser is like an exception that Hashem wants you to test him. He says, here, try me out. Where's the source for that? Yeah, that's what we said two weeks ago. Tzedakah is Tzedakah. And it's that, that your obligation gets... No, Maser is always considered tzedakah. Don't get me wrong. But it's a mitzvah. But it's a... It's not the obligations of tzedakah. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's obligations of ma'aser. Tzedakah doesn't have a limit. You give 
ten dollars to give a hundred thousand dollars depends on the need of a person. Yeah, of course. In the, the, time, it's tzedakah. in the time of the Beit Hamikdash, it's an obligation. No. What do you mean? That, no. That if you have a forward. field, if you have a field right. and you're making wheat, yeah. so you have an obligation of at least ten or what's called maaser ani. Every time you know we take off tithes in Israel on our produce, we're also taking. I'm sorry, Mr. Kaplan, the video is not on you. It's, 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 it's not, that's where it comes from. And two weeks ago we learned, is it an obligation, mina Torah, taking off from money? Does it extend to money? Which is the, the Sifra says. But is that an obligation, mina Torah, midirah banan, or something that we accepted upon ourselves? But definitely when you fulfill it, you're fulfilling a concept of the Torah. It's very important to remember that. You're, it's a Torah concept. What's the higher level to fulfill it? To fulfill it because you're making a deal with Hashem. I want to get richer. I'm giving 10%. Or that you should not say I'm giving it to get back. I think... Because there's different levels of fulfillment. I think, Maaser, you're permitted to. And if you're permitted to, Hashem wants you to do it that way. He says, I'm giving in order to... Let's talk about this. This question you have. You're being too complicated. Just, you say, Hashem, I'm uh, here. Here's my maser. Make sure that I get richer. So you could do the same thing with... Uh, with uh, no, uh, no by maser specifically, they could, give you, you that permission. You do the same thing with honoring your parents. Uh, Hashem, I'm honoring your parents so I could so have, I have a long life. life. No, maser specifically, it says, Bichonuni gam bazot. Test me on this. On this, he says, not on everything else. He says, test me also on this. Okay, so uh, so if you take a look at the laws of uh, Rab Chaim Kanievsky about getting a gift, Rab Chaim Kanievsky says, look where it says in the gray on top, anybody who knows how to read Rashi writing, matana. and if somebody accepts a gift, those who accept for their wedding, I have to interrupt with a story, I'm sorry. I have to interrupt with a story. This is the Shidduch of the Century was between Rav Chaim Kanievsky and the daughter of Rav Yashiv. You know, you know the shidduch. So the grandfather of, Rav, of, of the daughter of Rav Yashiv was Rav Arya Levine, the famous prisoner. Of the, and who was the uncle of Rav Chaim Kanievsky? The Chazonish. The uncle. The cyber was his father. The Chazonish. So listen, the shidduch of the century. What happened is that the Shadchan... Chazonish is his uncle? Chazonish is the uncle of Rav Chaim Kanievsky. Because Rav Chaim Kanievsky's father's uh, uh, Rav Chaim Kanievsky's father's sister was the wife of the of of of, of uh, father's no 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 Ra- I'm sorry his mother was the sister of the Chazunish Chaim Kanievsky's mother was sister of the Chazunish the Chazunish didn't have children he didn't have children so listen to this listen to this so the the Shadchan he was a Shadchan from the Vardik Avishai listen to this story Avishai listen to this story the Shidduch of the century so the Shadchan he goes up to, to the Chazunish and he tells him, and he tells him, um, uh, I have a shid, uh, I, I have a shiduch, and it's the, the daughter of Rabbi Yashif. Uh, it's the daughter of Rabbi Yashif from Chaim Kanyevsky. So Chazanish was okay with it, and they they go back to the they go back to to the they go back to Rabbi Chaim to to, to Rabbi Yashif. Rabbi Yashif said, I can't do it. Why well, he says I can't afford a dira. I, I know that. That Rab Chaim is gonna, you know, the uh, the custom is to buy a dira, uh, an apartment. It probably costs like five thousand bucks in those days. Actually, actually, it was five thousand dollars. And if a dira in Rashbam now it costs like how many millions? I don't know. Like about five thousand dollars. I don't have the money to do it. Uh, uh, he did. He, Yashiv made later on, like a few years later, he got the position of being the Supreme Court judge for the rabbinics, which made a huge amount of money. He never touched money. He hated money. But he always took whatever he needed and the rest he always gave to tzedakah. That's how Rebbe Yashiv did. I know that from the inside of the house. But at that point, he didn't have a job. And he says, I, I can't commit. I'm sorry. Best tzedakah of the world, Rebbe Chaim Kanyevsky, I can't do it. So the Shadchan didn't know what to do. So he goes back to the stipler. Stipler says, the stipler is the father. He says, I don't really know. But he says, let's go to the Chazunish. Whatever the Chazunish says is fine. So they go to the Chazunish. And they bring a Rebbe Yashiv with him. And Rebbe Yashiv says, listen, I can't do it. So the Chazanish looks at Rabbi Yashiv and he says, will you accept whatever I say? So Rabbi Yashiv says yes. So he says, 
he starts writing the tenayim. He starts writing the engagement. <laughs> and he writes, and the father, ex- and Ra- Rabbi Yashiv sees that he starts writing, and you accept upon yourself to provide a, an apartment. So, so Rabbi Yashiv was like, uh, you know, I was like, I, you know, like, I have like a claim over here. I can't do it. And like you're telling me I have to provide $100,000 in his terms when I don't have. Chazanish says, listen, the bracha, the shefa of the parnasa, he told this to the, to the, to the, to Rabbi Yashif, the shefa of the parnasa comes according to the need. And if right now I'm saying that you need it, and this is your parnasa that you have to have, Hashem will provide for you. You keep on doing what you do. Okay, as long as you tell me I don't have to go out to work, fine. So he continued learning what he had to learn. Man, man, right before the wedding, the stifler's like, uh, where's the apartment and everything? So he goes to the chazir, and he says, don't worry about it. What happened in the backstory, you should know, is that Rabbi Arya Levine already said, went to the Chazanish and he told the Chazanish, listen, no matter what, we need this apartment. And uh, whatever the apartment, I'll deal with it. But don't let me... But, but Rabbi Yashif can't know because he's not going to let me deal with it otherwise. So the Chazanish knew all of this, so he was writing it in the meantime. Rabbi Yashif was learned. And at the end of the day, Rabbi Arya Levine forced the dira that, you know, he got the dira, however he got the $5,000, and he was able to get the apartment. And that's how the shidduch of the century happened. <laughs> what, the are the what? What do you mean? All the great kids of Rabbi Kanyevsky, he has, uh, all of them are great giants. One of Rabbi Kanyevsky, uh, you know, his son-in-laws and everything like that is uh, Rabbi Koledetsky who comes here once a year. It's, it's, it's a story. It's a story of the century. Okay, so, so either way, getting back to this, Rabbi Chaim Kanyevsky says, those who get for their wedding, yeah, a gift, if you get like furniture, that you don't have to take off Maser. But if you get money, even if it's in order to buy something specific, you have to take off ma'aser. And he writes, he writes this, that this is in the name of the Chazonish, and this is what the Chofetz Chaim writes as well. Even if it's earmarked for, for something, so for sure when you receive inheritance, you, get, you, you have to take off as a gift for that. But if you get a car or something like that, you don't. Now, now that's interesting. But if I give money, I know that if I give money to my uh, uh, to, to my daughter to buy some to buy a fridge, she can't get maaser off that. I want her to buy the fridge. I'm giving her to buy the fridge that she can't take off maaser from. Like she's like in kolal or something. Her husband's in kolal. What? No, but he's saying as you're getting money in general as a gift, and then he says that that. If I tell her I want you only to buy the fridge and I don't want you to think of Maser, that's going to be different. That's the thing. When parents say, here's the money for the down payment. I need more. <laughs> <laughs> I think more. <laughs> 10% more. Tax. <laughs> Here, here, he says it on the bottom. There, on the bottom, he says what I said, Ben. He says on the bottom, he says, if what's going to happen is that through you giving the money, there's not going to be enough money because of it, then you don't get that person as makbid. But by the, by the chasna, they say, bye, they're not as makbid. That's why he was saying. He says like, So he says, that you could write it, that you would owe ma'aser. He's exactly talking about buying an apartment. So you don't give ma'aser. That, uh, Rab Chaim Kanyevsky says that you would have to write and later on owe ma'aser. I know other people will argue on this. It's interesting. And they'll say that, no, if you're giving for a specific purpose, then you don't have to. I know that's how a lot of people pass him. That's interesting. He's very machmir on this. He says that you're right. If the guy's going to give it a down payment, he's not going to have enough money. So you should write, I would owe master for later. Interesting. It would also be like, when you get money for a wedding, 
and maybe for dear, I'd say. But like the person doesn't really care how much you use the money. However, you want to use the money. That mafsir for sure you take off. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So maybe that's what he means with the wedding. But like a parent directly giving the kid something for the for thing. Something, and then the kid can't, you know, doesn't show up with a new car. Well, what's wrong now? What happened? Exactly. Yeah. That's when Reb Chaim says, write it later on in your life, you'll owe that Maser. And I know that other people would take issue with that. Why would you write it for later? Are you talking for the wedding one or for the car? Okay. You want to, you're consistently giving Maser, but you don't want to make a neder. You should say bli neder. No, but if you're doing it long enough, you're doing it one year, two years, three years, it become a nether automatically? No, no, not if you say bli nether. And that's a good practice to do, to say bli nether. No, you say at one time from now on, every time that I, that I, uh, that I, that I, that I uh, give, I'm, I'm doing it indefinitely bli nether, and that works. Yeah, that works. It's an important point to point out. Yeah. Okay, let's continue. Um, when, let's say you receive benefits in your salary, like health insurance, uh, then is that called income or not? So here in the Sefer, Beorach Tzedakah, Rabbi Shlomo Zalman Orbach was asked this question and he says, very interesting. He says, if it's something that you usually would pay health insurance for, then you have to take it off. But let's say they get you a premium plan of it costs $2,000. You never get yourself a $2,000 plan. It was of a $500. So $500 you take Maser, but not of the $2,000 plan. Even though you're gaining a $2,000 benefit from their type of plan. How about tax refunds? Tax refunds is part of salary. I think you should. Yeah. Okay. Siddaka Mishpat, page uh, uh, 25. This is Rabbi Bloy. He says, let's say you're given room and board by others. Yes, sir, Mr. Kaplan. Where were you today? You were, and now you're in LA and then you went back to Long Beach? Yeah, you like you're taking like twelve hours of my time, waiting around here, driving this way to half an hour. All right. Okay. So, what do you? So, okay. But that's the shem. So, what do you say? Tax refund is not income. Why is it not income? You should have gotten it originally. No, 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 no. You overpaid tax. Oh no, we were talking about a different type of cash. We were talking about that they that it was part of your salary and they took it off and you never got it. So now you're getting your salary. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. Right. Okay, now um Obviously, when somebody is receiving a loan, then they don't take off ma'aser, right? When you're receiving a loan, you you, you don't uh, you, you don't you don't take off ma'aser on that. Receiving a loan? Yeah, they buy property. They take the two hundred thousand re- refinance. It's all a loan. Oh, and that's their money. Oh, so yeah. They never have to pay nicer. No, not on that. <laughs> Elon Musk. Oh, that's how he makes money? No, but the whole idea is you refinance, you get a loan, right? It's all loan, you pay back, but the property pays for itself. See, that's going to be the big difference between taxes and ma'aser. Ma'aser is not something to try to get out of. It's something to structure and know what's really a gain and what's and what's a part of living and try to be honest about it because you're only cheating yourself from it that that's all it is um, so so mr musk is doing it i don't know maybe because of tax benefits you have to ask him i don't i don't like him too much these days but when he was a better guy yeah, well, he was saying uh, not nice things about the Jews. Why did I get into this? Why did I get into this? He's talking, about, he's talking about the reformed Jews who make their lot with BLM and they call the white supremacists. Uh-huh. These are the Jews he's talking about. Okay, then fine. I didn't really read into it too much, to tell you the truth. My expertise is this, not that. (laughs) What 
Yeah. Your employer gives you, yeah. reimburses you for certain things, like dental work. They say you have a $600, 600 uh, allowance for you. Get reimbursements for dental. That's a good question. What do we do about reimbursements for dental? As soon as they reimburse you for medical, dental, vision, or like whatever, like if you, if you need to, if you need to. Why are they reimbursing you? Because that's a, that's a benefit. I would say that's salary. That's something that you need. It's not it's not something that you would have never paid for. It's like the health health insurance, right? Okay, so um, so let's say you live on your own, but you receive all your money to monetary support from your parents, right? You're in college. Or such a thing. Somebody told me that he had to pay $70,000 a year to NYU during COVID for his kid to stay home. That's a waste of money, my friends. Don't send your kids to any Ivy Leagues. That's it. You have to send to University, YU, or Turo. No more Ivy League. You don't think YU is collecting the checks? Could be, but it's better It's better they get the money than these mumziri. Okay, yeah. Okay. Um... Likewise, if one receives money, I'm sorry, NY, if you get this video, don't, you know, don't prosecute me. Okay? Likewise, if one receives money with the express instruction not to give ma'asir from it, he may not do so. By the way, that's what I was saying beforehand. That if, you're, if somebody gives you money, says, this is for your down payment. Which means, I don't want you to give Maser from it. So Rabbi Bloy, he says a little bit different we saw from Rabbi Chaim Kanyevsky, you're not allowed to give Maser from it. That's what I was saying, and Ben Taylor was attacking me. If one has other sources of income, he should give Maser from there on behalf of support he's receiving. Yes? If you create a foundation, right, and you give the Maser to that foundation. That's fine. Foundation eventually is going to give tzedakah. Right, That's right now it's called you gave maaser. Yeah, but okay, so now you gave maaser. It's like now, you gave a nether for maaser. Right, so now the money is in the foundation. The foundation doesn't give it out right away. It decides to invest the money. Right. That's what many foundations do. That's fine. That's great. So you consider that you gave maaser? Oh, what you're considering is like this. Let's say you put in $10,000 in the foundation. Now the foundation made... $50,000. So now you no, have... No, now the foundation has 10000 No, no, but wait, wait. So now the foundation made $50,000. Is it considered that you gave now out of the master that you owe now on new money, 50000 Right. It's a great question. I don't know, I don't know the answer. It's already in the foundation anyways. So like it's, it's, it's basically that money belongs to that money belongs to Tzedakah. My question is different. My question is you give the 10000 to the foundation. The foundation is meant to give it out. Whatever the support is supposed to do. But it hasn't given it out. It's investing it. So really there's no there's no charitable reception of like a, a Torah institution or, or a Chesed foundation. I think, right, Rabbi? Yeah, but you haven't helped anybody. You help no, yourself, you you help yourself get a tax deduction. No, they're investing. No, they're your cover now is that this is... It's a great question. It's a great question. I could also lose. I think at the last part of this year, in, we're going we're gonna to get, we're gonna get an expert in this that is going... We're gonna, all these questions we're going to learn together with him. I mean, as one of my friends who's one of the big experts in the subject, he's going to join us and we're going we're gonna to get through all these questions. One more question. Yes. You're trying to do your best to give Maaser, but for some reason, a lot of the Maaser you're giving is not really Maaser, meaning it didn't come from income. You, you overpaid. You went over even the 20%. You Could you count it on the future? No, or do you still get credit from Maaser? Of course you do. Of course you do. There are opinions, that's a good question, there are opinions that say it has to be exact Maaser. You can't just give random and say, oh, if it came out, it came out, it came out. You have to have in mind to give exact. But if you gave over, of course, you're, you get extra schar. You gave over schar. Now, there are people who say you're not allowed to give more than 20%, but that's, Chavetz Chaim says, when a person has a lot of money, that doesn't apply. Or when there's pressing needs, it hardly ever applies nowadays, the 20% uh, rule. You know, most people are allowed to give. Don't worry. How do you come with the 20%? How do you come to 20? By the way, a lot of people are giving 20% based on the shurim that we're going to learn. If, if you count certain tuitions and certain things, it could be that you are coming to the 20% shurim. You have kavana for that. Not according to all opinions, 
But according to some my, opinions. My, my question is, like some people say that it's really not 10% that you have to give, it's 20%. Right. Right. Because, no, because the Gemara says that giving with a good eye is 20%, an average person 10%, and a person stingy is 5%. That's the Gemara in the Rosh Hashanah? The Gemara says it in, in Mishnayot, in Masechet Ma'aser, in uh, ma'as, uh, how to give Ma'aser, so we apply it all. this week's Pasha, from last week's Pasha, it's it. Aser yeah, that's a Drush, that's a Drush, Aser Aser. It's called Badzarecha. Yeah, that's where they learn it from. That's where they learn it from. But yeah, it's Mamash, that, that, that's, the, uh, that's the source. So let's continue. Now we're in the second week. We're going into uh, what are what? First of all, there's calculations to different types of mitzvot. So page thirty. You just keep on going in your yeah, exactly. You want to read the summary? Well, the summary we we spend time on it, but uh, you want to see it inside. Um, okay, it's a good thing to do. Page twenty-seven. Start reading. You, uh, go, we'll go around the table this way. Bechavod, go. The difference between Sadaka and Maser. There's a fundamental difference between the mitzvot of Sadaka and Maser. Sadaka is an obligation. One, ha- uh, one has to help a poor man who approaches him by providing him with his needs. Maser, however, is not based on the needs of another person. It is a personal obligation to give a percentage of one's earnings to charity as a sign of recognition that his money comes from Hashem and he must give back to him from whatever he has. Since Maser is the giver's personal responsibility, he must give it whether or not a poor person asks him for money. It is up to, it is up to him to give 10% of his earnings regardless. Mr. Taylor? Go ahead, oh. Rebbe. Uh, There's no clear source in the Torah of an obligation to give a percentage of one's earnings as Maser, otherwise known as Maser Yisafa. We do find that the Torah commands residents of Israel to take Maser from their crops and to split up as follows. Meet the cycle. Landowners are commanded to give separate Meiser Rishon, which is given to a Levi and Meiser Sheni. I'm sorry, to separate Meiser Rishon and Meiser Sheni, which is taken up to Yerushalayim and eaten there. This is done in the fourth and fifth year. The same is done in the fourth and fifth year. In the third and sixth year, instead of Meiser Sheni, Meiser Ani is given to a poor person. Tosfos and Tainus cites us agree that the obligation to take Meiser from one's monetary earnings is learned from the obligation to take Meiser from one's crops. It's obvious that the obligation to take mice from one's crops is a personal responsibility and is not dependent on any circumstances. Therefore, if we learn mice suffer from mice to it's not dependent on whether or not a poor man asks you for a donation, as it is personal, as, it's, as it is a personal obligation to tie the one's earnings under all circumstances. This is also evident from the fact that Chazal derived that if one gives Meister, he'll become rich. The reason giving Meister is the key to financial success is because when one does so, he shows that he recognizes that his earnings are from Hashem and not actually his. According to Tosfos, it sounds like the Meiser is a biblical obligation. However, we find three different opinions in the post regarding this. Some say that Meiser is indeed a Daraisa. Others say that uh, it is a Chiyuv Darabanan and explain that the comparison to Meiser is an Ashmachta and not an actual Drasha. Ashmachta means that it's, it's not, uh, not Minatora, but it's Darabanan with a source of Minatora. Others learn that it's not direct chiyuv, but rather only minhag. The Boskim add that even if Meiser Kisafim is only a minhag, it, if one starts giving with intent to continually give 10% of his money as a Meiser or did so three times without simply neder, he is considered to have made a neder to continue to do so and is therefore now obligated to give in the future. Okay, go ahead, Mr. Mr. Payman. When to give? There's one definitive difference between Maaser Kesafim and the Maaser Tevua. It is forbidden to partake of one's crops until Maaser is taken off. Until that time, the produce has the status of Tevel and is forbidden to use. When one receives monetary earnings, the consensus of the post scheme is that he may use the money before he takes off Maaser. Despite this, it is very laudable it is a very laudable practice to take off Maaser immediately upon receiving a paycheck. Maran Rav Chaim Kanievsky Shlita has been witnessed receiving a payment from his kolel and immediately giving the money to his wife and telling her not to use it before taking off Maaser. While this is a very praiseworthy practice of Gedolei Israel, there is no obligation to do so. Uh, but he became very rich. Every single person had a lineup to buy him a fancy car. He never wanted it, but they, you know, there was always a lineup of people wanting to buy it. Someone came to him, he says, I want to sponsor your next book. So he takes out a list and he says, okay, let me put you down on the list. <laughs> <laughs> 
he didn't know what to do. He didn't get more money. I remember the days visiting Rav Chaim Kanievsky where his parnasa was that his wife would sell eggs. I remember seeing him come back from the Makolet, walking back. This is like the early days. He'd be lugging like the like eggs and things like that from the Makolet, go back to home so his wife sells. <laughs> I guess they got it for him at like a reduced rate type of thing. Unbelievable. <laughs> like, where do you find like the top people in the in the in the by the Goyim, like the the top top people that they they like they they don't look for any kavod that they're just trying to live like the commoners. Right. It's unbelievable. Right. That, that's by the way, I once heard from Revolbe in the Sicha. That's how we know how our Torah is true. You look at our leaders and you see at their sterling character, their greatness in Torah is coupled all with sterling character. You're never going to have a gadol that is great in Torah, but he's like a wicked person. Never find that. It's, he's not a gadol by us. He doesn't make it to the ranks. The, the uniqueness is not that necessarily because lahavdil, lahavdil, monks, they also right. live with nothing. But the difference is our gadolim live in the real world with nothing. The monk goes to a mountain. Uh-huh. He is secluded. He doesn't have to see the the gadol right. Israel the, 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 the is in is in the physicality, and he's living like that. But it's your time to turn to read. You're going to skip your turn. Okay, go for it. Everyone's financial situation. Everyone's financial situation is different. For some people, it is easier to give maaser on every paycheck. For others, it is easier to do so once a month, once every few months, or once a year. Everyone can take Meister whenever is most convenient for them. Meister is 10% of one's net income, not his gross earnings. A person can deduct business expenses, business-related taxes, etc. before calculating how much he owes Meister. One need not separate Meister until he makes these calculations and determines how much he should give. No matter how often one separates Meister, the post can advise having a set time when one does it, be it once a month, once every six months, once a year, or whatever else works best. And that's for what him. I assume the answer is going to be regarding one of our questions. In other words, uh, you know, how often do you give myself if you're never taking out dividends? Is there going to be a cutoff point? I, I think it's important to, you know, we don't have it all clarified yet. Today, the way we get stuck up, the stuff is part of my set, it doesn't make sense. Just this morning, I got a phone call from the nurse, so I got 10 emails from the nurse, and I got a phone call from the nurse, so I could give stuff up at 10 times today. But, you know, I can't just ignore everything and say, I don't know. So, letters we learned that some posts can say you're not obligated. Okay, you can rely on that, maybe. Personal requests, right? And it's towards my set, so it's hard to. And just to be clear here. No, I told you, separate bank account. Yeah, you do separate, separate bank right. account. You have to. Here, he's an accountant. He'll tell you how to do it. You just make Who? a separate You're an account, accountant? and then you put the money in there, and that's how you do it. Otherwise, otherwise, you're always feeling guilty. You never know your calculations. You always have to work with an Excel spreadsheet. It's impossible. Yeah, but, uh, you get money, put in a separate account, and from the separate it. account, it has to zero. You can't give; it's a problem. You know, you don't, I don't know. Then you have to wait till your next dividend. I don't know. No, Rabbi, you gave. What? What do you say, Mister Kaplan? Just give your Adam says, just give your money to Link to Magen Hamot, and then you'll be finished with your money anyways. So, Rabbi, <laughs> thank you, sir. So, Rabbi, in the, situ- the support. in the situation where let's say you see another Jew, he has money, he's fine, he's dealing with some lawsuit, and you he's thinking about you're like, you know what? Let me just pay you the amount to settle. Let's say five thousand. You settle it. He doesn't really need the money. He's having like it's an emotional thing. He doesn't want to pay, and you give him the five thousand. You say. Take care of it. That's considered for me, Maaser. It is. Why? Because I'm he's giving. Not, he's not a poor person. But I'm giving. It's not tzedakah, you said. So I'm giving away my money, my ten no, percent. I'm giving no, it to no, someone Masco, else. No, no, Maaser. We didn't get to that yet. That's part of our shear. We hold on to that question for another fifteen minutes. Ten, fifteen minutes. I'm, we're gonna get to people, that. People who are employed can tell that employers. I'm trying to help your business. I know some people. 
I think it may probably be that someone who's not really a financial army can still be. Exactly. I don't know if you're exempt from but, yes. but, he, but you made a distinction between Sadaq and Master, so that's why I asked the question. No, no, you'll see what I mean by that. Just, no, just, uh, you'll see, we're getting to that. Okay, okay. Wait, wait. Let, here, let, me, let me continue the reading, the end. What income needs to be tied? Income from work is not only earnings that are subject to Master. If one receives an inheritance, it should also be tied, as should money earned from an investment. It is common that money one inherits is subsequently invested. In such case, one would give Maser on that sum that he inherited. Lend later, if he invests the money, to again Maser off the profits of the investment. If one receives non-monetary items as gifts or as an inheritance, common custom does not take Maser even though they increase his net worth. For example, if one receives silver or other expensive items that could be used in the household, there's no need to take Maser. Even if one receives a house as an inheritance, plans to live in it, he does not need to give Maser. If one receives a house or a property he plans on keeping as an investment, he would take off Maser. It is important to remember... Um, wait, so if you receive a house or a property, they don't give him an investment, he would have to take a Maser. How does he do that? I don't know. He has to, I don't know, maybe, I don't know how he does that. Yeah, maybe he has to owe it eventually when it's going to come out. That's, that's the difference. It's important to remember that although most Muslims rule that Maser is not the Oraita, which means there is room for leniency, it's advisable to make every attempt to give it. We have a guarantee from Chazal that giving Maser is a propitious to becoming wealthy, which should be an incentive for everyone to make that effort to give it. One simply cannot afford to give Maser. should seek guidance from Kamdan Allah authority whether and how she perform the mitzvah. I told you, try to give it anyways and you'll see bracha. Now, we are... Oh no, we're not finished yet. Because we, that we're finishing up shear number one. <laughs> we have another 10 minutes. Okay, now, getting to your question. Where does this money has to be used to? So if you take a look at page 30, the Shulchan Aruch says, and the introduction over here is going to be about, about, um, does it go to, does it go to only poor people or not? So the Ramah, is it where the gray page thirty in the little gray bar? Yeah, it gets confusing. You have to do like the second part. Of, there's a few thirties because we combined a few booklets. No, no, go to the next. I think yeah, yeah. I think you're gonna get the thirty eventually, like that. Yeah, you got it. So the Ramah says in the small, it's very hard to find, but he says over there in the small box where it's gray, This is very interesting. What does he mean by this? You shouldn't do ma'aser, a mitzvah, like candles for the shul or any dvar mitzvah, rather you should give to the poor. Well, what does he mean by this even? So on the side, the Beragola explains that what he means by this is that anything that you'd be obligated to give anyways, anything that you'd be obligated to give anyways, for example, you need to have uh, lights to be able to see in the shul. So that should not be considered ma'aser. So you want to exempt yourself from this mitzvah. For donations. Yeah, I'm getting to that. Yeah. We're about to say that. But if he wants to do a mitzvah that he's not obligated to, then he's allowed, which is answering your question. I'm, I, I don't have to get the saliyah. Right? Membership. Do I have to be a member or not? I may have to be a member. And if I have to be a member, they're not going to allow me in the synagogue without being a member. That's not really true. So, no. Depends on the community. I, I Listen, I don't know what goes on. Let's say if you're in, there's one shul in the community. Let's say you live in Bentonville. Uh, where's Bentonville? Alabama. <laughs> and, 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 and there's one shul. And everybody goes there. You can't go there without being a member. Eventually, they're going to tell you, sir, you, you just can't be on being... You're, you go inside your uh, your fancy car every day. Yeah, you could afford car payments. You can afford this and that. There's also membership for shul. Then I'm not so sure you could take off maaser. Then I'm not so sure you could take off maaser. But if it's another form of giving uh, of, of giving tzedakah, 
Oh wait, is that a rabbi of a shul right there? No, that's not. That's not a. I thought that was Nachi. We'll take Nachi. It looked like Nachi, no? Okay. Um, What's an onion? That's the question, right? So on the Taz, on the, on the top, says, the Koshkin misim de asur, paying taxes, communal, communal Jewish tax, is also you're not allowed to pay through Maaser. Okay? And this is going to lead us to like all the tuition questions and things like that. That's what's going to get interesting. So let's read in the English. And you also said for your parents. I mean, they don't have to necessarily be poor. But if you want them to keep up with the standards of the community, you want them to take a vacation, that can come from your master. Yeah, I think so. I think so, because that's called a necessity of life. And if they can't afford it, that's part of their necessity, so they need it. That probably would be considered maaser. We're going to see, even though the Ramah says only to aniyim, we're going to see that that's what he means, is that something that's it, not an obligation you could give to. So we're going to see what, what it means that you want to give to a shul. Is a shul serving a niyam? Not necessarily. So why could you give to a shul? So that's what we're going to see. Um, the shla, the Rabbi Kivega writes, Okay, we're going to do Rabbi Kivega. Let's go to English now. Ramah cites the Maril. The ma'asir should be used solely for the poor and not for other mitzvahs. Beragola understands this to refer to other mitzvahs that he's obligated to do anyways. Whereas if one gets an opportunity for a mitzvah that is not an obligation, he may use ma'asir even if it does not go to poor people. Ta seems to agree that one may use ma'asir money for purchasing mitzvahs in shul, provided this was his intention at the time he made the pledge. Chassam Sofer, citing Pesachet Tshuva, understands the Maria literally. Maser funds are to be used for poor people only. However, if one only committed to giving Maser with the intention of using it for other mitzvahs as well, then he may do so. Now the truth is, so if you give to a yeshiva or a kolel, you're doing both. You're a mitzvah of Talmud Torah, and also people that if they wouldn't have this money, they wouldn't be able to survive. So you're giving it, you're, you're, you're killing two birds with one stone. If you're giving to a shul, that if there wouldn't be a shul, then a lot of poor people would not be able to benefit from its service and from its meals and from its whatever else, then even though some people over there have food, some people don't, it could be that that's also considered that it's fine. But if you're going to give towards a, um, a, a, a shidduch campaign, so that's a mitzvah, is that poor people know. So that's called a mitzvah that you don't have to give to, but it's not called poor people. So according to the Shach and Taz, it's fine. The Khatam Sofer says you should only give towards poor people. I guess that's where the where, where the nafkamina is. So in my in my example, where you're relieving someone of a judgment, they can really afford it, but they're so emotional about it, they don't want to pay it. But for their peace of mind, you're giving it to them according to the second opinion, you could do it. They are not poor. Yeah, but what's the mitzvah? The mitzvah is that the guy's not freaking out. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you could use that as maser. Not sure. How is that different than shiduch? Shiduch is a mitzvah to get people married. There's a, there's a mitzvah of achnasat kala. Something called achnasat kala. That's a very big mitzvah of achnasat kala. But, but just because you don't want the person... Now listen, if the person you know is going to go through a mental breakdown, that's a real need. But just to make him happier, I don't know. That's the difference, I think. I think that's where we have to make a differentiation. It's tricky, but I, I think that that's where it's going to be a case. I'm sorry, one more question. If the organization you're giving to helps the poor and others, they do a lot of things. And they take, a, they have like salaries for lay people. That's 100% fine. That's part of tzedakot needs. So I don't have to worry about the no. getting paid. No. I have another question, though, in light of the previous question you asked me. Let's say you're mediating between two wealthy people, and they're about to destroy each other's lives and families. And you're mediating, and it's a difference of $5,000. But you know how it is. Each person, according to God, is not going to give in. So could you give in the $5,000 to preserve kavod? They both could afford it. So that's something the Chavetz Chaim says you're supposed to have a Shalom account. 
a shalom account. It's a mitzvah of making shalom. Is, is that separate from the meiser account, or is that with the meiser? I don't. You know what? I think. I think you could use it. Shalom account. Listen, you should take notes and advertise these services for the accounting business. I'm thinking that it's a mitzvah of making shalom, so I think you would be allowed. What do you say, Mr. Kaplan? You've been quiet from Long Beach all this time. So shalom account, master account. Rabbi Kiv- <laughs> Absolutely. Shalom is a mitzvah. Adam thinks that you could. I think he's right. Okay, let's continue. Yeah, the when, it, when people are angry, then, then they don't even get. So if they're happy, then they're going to get to the poor. Oh, so you're saying it's an investment to give to more poor people. Okay, but that I don't know. Yeah, that's too, that's too far-fetched. In other words, let me give money to a... Uh, uh, let's say I give money to a wealthy person and I'll say, you know what, I'm giving you 5,000 bucks because I like you, but it's on condition that you start giving to other people. You're not Yotzi or Maser with that. Okay, but I, uh, but the point that you're saying, that right now you know that it's going to destroy a community. Literally, it's going to destroy a community if you know two people are fighting and your $5,000 could solve that, which I've seen this with my own eyes. I've seen this happen and I've seen people... Yeah, and I've seen people come, come around. No, what usually they'll do is say, you know what, let's do the $5,000 and let's give it to its duck of our choice. That they ha- It happens a lot of times in mediation. But I know people that they want to stick it so bad to that person that they're not even going to do that. And you have to come in and like... It could happen, trust me, things happen. Now, um, that is clear from all opinions that master funds cannot be used towards anything one is otherwise obligated to spend on. Even if it involves a worthy cost, such as supporting a son-in-law in learning, let's say you committed. You say, I'm going to support him for all that time. If he's already committed for, for other reasons, he can't simply decide to use master money from it. What he could say is that, you know what, I'm not committing anymore. And from now on, I'm going to try to give master whatever I can. So if he does that, I guess that's okay. I missed this point, sorry. So let's say somebody commits to, 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 to supporting his son-in-law in learning. So then he can't use ma'aser from it. But if he says, you know, I'm stopping the commitment now, and what I'm doing is I'm using ma'aser from it, then that would be allowed. Ah, so he committed before saying it's for ma'aser. That's what you're saying? And it, right. He has to say from the beginning, I'm doing it. From, from yeah. Ma'aser. Right. Almost sounds like you do the same thing, like your daughter needs a, your, your married daughter needs a house. And now she's poor, she can't afford a house, so I can use my Meister money. That almost sounds the same situation. Yeah, you could do that, as long as you're not obligated to give the house. If you didn't obligate yourself to give the house. So you can use your Meister money to help them get a house? If, they're, if they can't afford it, and if they're learning, if they're poor people. But not only that, you're obligated to do that more than other needs. Your daughter comes before everyone. Maybe your parents come before your daughter. Because your parents, is obligated to keep it off a aim. And your daughter so is after she's like old enough, you know. People typically do use their meister money to help with the down payment. Think so? If they they could if they if their daughter is needs it, not if their daughter wants to buy a house in Beverly Hills for uh, a ten ten million dollars and you have two million dollars to give her, then she's not she's not really needy yeah. for that. But if she's like struggling to to, to make it and you want to uh, buy a house in Lakewood uh, that that could that could just like just now what if you could afford it. You don't have an obligation, but you. Why don't you do that and use it as part of your twenty percent or whatever? Like put that into the pot. That I would think that's one of the best maaser money spending. Really? Yeah, but you're getting. Of course, you're getting your fringe benefits, but you're allowed to do that. And 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 tzedakah to krovim goes before to other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, next week we'll continue on this subject of tuition. Uh, we learned a lot of important principles, and next week we'll study on the, page 31. Chazaku Baruch.